Good morning. Am I on now? Yeah. I am on. Can you bring me up? Are we up now? Bring me up. Okay. Can you guys hear me or do I need to go to Jeremy's uh, mic? Okay. Well, I'm going to start out by reading God's word this morning. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed but puts it on a stand. So those who may enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that may be made manifest, nor anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, what he thinks he has will be taken away. And then his mothers and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mothers and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. And he answered them and said, my mothers and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be with all of you here today on this gorgeous morning here at Crosswinds Church. You know, if you're new today, my name is Ken, and our message today is Be the Light and See the Light. And, you know, as I was preparing to preach yesterday, uh, three deer came and joined me as I was uh, preparing back there. I come out here often to pray during the week, and there was three deer, you know, <laughs> um, out watching me prep, and, and I was a raccoon crawling uh um, you know, on the, the roof yesterday. And uh, so we're out here in God's creation. And if you're at home, you know, I hope you'll come out and join us. It's so beautiful to be out here. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, in our message, I think Jesus is asking us to be something and to see something in these verses. I, I think first we need to be the light in the past couple of weeks, Jesus has been emphasizing that we, we need to hear his gospel. It's like a seed that grows in us. But here he is saying something. It's not something that's meant to stay inside of us, but is to bear fruit or to shine out of us and be a light into the world. You know, there was an Anglican bishop by the name of J.C. Riles that lived long ago. And he said this, the highest form of selfishness is that of a man who is content to go to heaven alone. You know, and this week I was thinking about my own selfishness. The times I let my own fears, the times I let my own busyness and my annoyance with people or my self-absorption keep me from attempting to share God's word his love, and to serve others. Mostly, I seek with my life the purpose of serving other people and loving other people, and I regularly attempt to have gospel conversations with those I meet. That's when I'm at my best. But honestly, with the stress that I've been under over this last year, with the the pandemic and the uncertainty and the anxiety of the times we've lived in, my own insecurities, and frankly, the exhaustion I feel most days, I I sometimes find myself feeling tempted to be selfish. Selfish with my time, 
And sometimes this can affect the amount of grace that I can give to others. You know, I think we all can feel tempted to be selfish. You know, we've all been given much more grace from God in Jesus Christ than what we share with others. And I think that the current circumstances that we've been in for the last 15 months have all added to the tendency for the church as a whole to be more selfish. It's come out in all kinds of ways throughout this last year. It's been easy for most of us to just stay home and be receivers of grace, to be served, to have it come to us through our TVs and through our electronic devices. Because we're not in our normal situation this year. Some have had the excuse not to do the one another's, to love one another or even interact with one another. We have found it somewhat awkward to interact with one another because of the masks and because of the social distance. And, and we've become comfortable with hiding with one, hiding from one another in our social media personalities or avatars. Uh, you know, we've often stayed in touch with each other just through comments and postings and have lost touch with real people through conversations where you get real. And because of this isolation, isolation, relationships have often become strained between friends and family members. And we begin to view people instead by their political opinions or their social opinions rather than see them the way God has called us to see them and to serve them. Often, we did not have many opportunities over the last 15 months in the church to serve one another in the most basic ways, by like shaking hands with one another. And, 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 and some who used to serve in Sunday school or in tech ministry or first impressions simply just checked out for the last 15 months and, and really didn't do a lot. You know, as a church, we tried to provide uh, times of digital fellowship on Zoom called What's Up? And, and for those th- that got involved, they, they warmly greeted each other and had a great time during that time. And, and some of you have been great on social media, warmly greeting each other and, and connecting with each other. But a large number of people in the church didn't interact at all over the last 15 months. And that's not just here, that's all over. Was that because of technical anxieties? The awkwardness of it? The stresses of life? Or is that all just a cover for the selfish desires to be left alone? And not to be bothered with people? You know, over the past year, we in the church and the church in general has created more digital content, I've heard, than Hollywood. More digital content than ever before. And I, I am really proud of our praise team and our, our tech leaders in uh, Danielle and and uh, Jason and, and, and our worship leader, Jeremy, for all of our hard work over the last 15 months. They've done a, a great job. And without fail, the grace of God has come streaming into your homes through word and song at Crosswinds without fail. We almost failed this morning. We had a computer go down, but we got it working. We have had good attendance even online. 
uh, even now that we're meeting on person, but only a handful of those that watch ever share a song, ever bother to share a sermon or a song with their friends on their pages? Are we too selfish? Are we we too busy to click a mouse? Are, are we too embarrassed to let people know that we follow Jesus? Is this selfishness, selfish thinking? Be, because we seem to have time to post pictures of our food and our kids and our political opinions and where we're having a good time. Jesus has been saying, those who have ears, let them hear. But now he is saying, be light and let that light shine on each other and to the world. As we move to phase five, I think we all need to break free of some of this self-inward focus that we have formed in ourselves over this last year and start to re-engage with a world that needs us more, more now than it ever did before. It's time for crosswinds to shine brighter in a darker world. See, God has called us to get over our own selfishness first and be a light for them. So today, let's look closely at this text again in Luke chapter 8 and see what Jesus says to do. He says this, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. You know, Jesus is approaching things with such common sense. If you have the light of the gospel in you, the only rational thing to do is let it shine. There's actually a warning here for those who would be foolish and not let the light of grace shine in them. If you were, for instance, to try to selfishly hide the light of God's grace under a lamp, it would be like putting an oil lamp under a jar and it would cut off the oxygen to the light, and it would go out. The grace would not even be useful to you very long if you completely hid it under a jar. Grace is naturally something you need to share for it to be useful. It's something that's meant to flow through us. Selfishness is like a jar or something that would try to contain or hide God's grace To ourselves, it stops the flow to others. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you are to love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another, that by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. See, the the love we have for one another comes from the love we've been given in Christ that he has given for us. 
When we selfishly cut ourselves off from loving others, it's because we are really cut off from him. We can't just receive grace and not give grace. We love, as the Bible says, because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love a God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So if we're not loving one another, we can't say that we love God. Nobody out there is going to believe it. Then Jesus says it's actually dangerous to hide an oil lamp under a bed. Right? The first century readers would have understand that. They would understand it was foolish. You'd start a fire. Not, not sharing the grace of God that we have been given with others in Christ is dangerous to your soul. Jesus said this in Luke 12, 8 through 9. And I tell you, anyone who acknowledges, but I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Do we really have God's grace ourselves if we hide with it under our beds, afraid to share that grace with others? The truth is we're going to get burned. We're going to get burned if we're selfishly more afraid of the opinions of other people rather than God. And we disobey his command to be the light in this world. Jesus says that this is being foolish. He says that in Luke 12, 4, he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him. Who, after he has killed the body, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now Jesus tells us to fear God instead of man because it is God who we can truly count upon. People are fickle. They're very fickle. But in the next verse, God assures us that he will never forget us or or forsake us in any way. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. If we are tempted to hide our lights because of the opinions of men, we will be in danger of missing the grace of God. But if we have the grace of God, we can let it shine without fear because he has promised to always be with us. Jesus says the only logical place for an oil lamp is on a stand. On the floor, it does no good. In a dark room, it must be elevated for it to be beneficial to anybody. The reason you have received God's grace is so that you can be a benefit to others in this world. 
Your lamp, if it's been lit, has been lit for a purpose. You've been lit by his grace. If you have been lit to lead others to him. Beloved. Can anyone see the light of Christ in you? Is it on display? Selfishness is hiding your light. Love is displaying your light. If you don't interact with the family of God, if you don't care for the brothers and sisters here in your church, in this place, either online or in person, when we come to worship, are you being the light? Are you going to be a witness to anybody? Because they will know of our love by how we love one another. If you never post a sermon or a praise song or a verse on social media, instead it's full of selfies and puppies and your food, are you being the light? If you ignore the physical and emotional needs of others at the store and at work and at church or at the school, are you being the light? If someone shares a, a, a problem and you don't offer to pray for them right there or, or give them the reason for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, have you been the light? Do you just say my faith is a, a private and a, a personal thing? No, that's just selfish. Your faith is personal. You should be in love with Jesus in a very personal way. But it's public because he says you're a light. So others may see his grace and it should shine in public. So do you take your light, that little light of yours, where others may see it? If you had a candle in a dark room, friends, you'd have to put it in a strategic place, wouldn't you? Somewhere where it would get maximum light to that room. Do you just shine your little light here at church? Where there's already a lot of light. Where everybody already can see. Or do you intentionally look for opportunities to let your little light shine in dark places where people are tripping without any light? Are you ready to shine your little light on the soccer field by talking to that mom where when other moms aren't talking to her because she's a little emotionally expensive? Do you shine it at work by taking time to pray for that coworker who's going through a crisis or take them to lunch to minister to them? Do you shine your little light at school by sharing hope, the, the hope that you have in your faith with the one who's anxious or depressed? Do you shine it at, with the working Waitress or waiter who's overburdened and overworked and stressed right now because there's not enough of them in the workforce. And do you offer to pray for them when you're out to eat and are kind to them and tip them extra? Do you share your light? Friends, our responsibility is like somebody who has the cure for a life-threatening disease 
and has the moral responsibility to share that cure. Everybody we see, apart from Jesus Christ, is facing eternal torment in the darkness of hell. And you may be the light that God has purposed to guide them into his arms of mercy. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Beloved, we're all good at hiding. We often hide the true light of his grace in false lights. Things that seem and appear to be good, like religion and religious activities, like family activities, like ambition on the job and our recreation, none of which are bad things. But even when a good thing becomes our excuse for not sharing God's grace with others and being the light to a dark world, that thing becomes evil. Even good excuses for hiding our light will come to light before God as selfishness. So there's no such thing as a false light in God's kingdom. Either the light is shining through us or it's not. We can and should be able to be the light in every situation. As I mentioned, it's not really a matter of our uh, uh, it's not a matter of what we're doing. It's really a matter of our internal priorities all the time in whatever we're doing. So you can be with your family. You can be on the soccer field. You can be wherever you are. We just need to do them to serve God and be the light, to shine the light of his grace. In the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And in the Greek, the meaning of that is, as you go. The real question is, as you go through life, are you using your time, your money, and your resources, your recreation, even, To be the light. Are you trying to be the light in this world so that others may know Christ? Or are those things, your time, your money, and your recreation, just there to benefit you and your family? Now, before you answer, be honest with yourself. Open your calendar. Open your check register. Because we are all masters of self-deception. You know, most of us consider that we're doing pretty good. Because we compare ourselves with the unchurched. But see, Jesus didn't tell them they needed to be light. He didn't call them to be light. Actually, his word says that they are walking in darkness. And he said he was the true light of the world. How how can their sinfulness shed any more light on you? If you want to be the light, you need to look to Jesus and get honest 
about the darkness of your sin and confront your own selfishness so that you might repent of it and step into his light and then reflect his grace towards others. See, he said there's nothing hidden in you that will not be revealed. You're not fooling him. So step into his light. Find mercy. It's better to confess and repent of your selfishness and turn to his love and gain the power to love. The secret, if you want to be the light, is come into the light. We need to stop looking at the darkness and feel justified with our priorities in life. Jesus says this, take care how you hear. For the one, to the one who has more, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. In the parable of the sower, Jesus said the secret of the kingdom would be revealed to those who heard God's word. Now, Jesus is telling us to be careful how we hear. Not just that we hear. Here he's telling us, be careful how you hear. Because we can all hear with selfish motives. We can hear in a way that makes us feel superior to others. We can hear God's word in a way that makes us feel like we are doing just fine and we don't need grace. We can hear God's word in a way in which we hate others. Because of their sin. Jesus says, be careful. The one who hears correctly will hear with ears of grace and mercy. And they will be given more grace and more mercy. But the one who has no mercy... For others will be given no mercy or grace and what they have will be taken away. For the one who has no grace for others will be given no grace. And the one who has no not forgiveness for others will be given no forgiveness. For they have not truly heard and they are not being the light. Instead they have heard selfishly and they have come to Christ just for their own benefit. And grace is not flowing through them. It got constipated somewhere. It's the one who lets grace flow through them that is constantly filled with more grace. Jesus said this in Luke 6. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use... It will be measured back to you. And if you look to Mark's gospel, that's exactly the phrasing added in to what Jesus said in the verse I just read previously. In Luke 8. That's what Jesus is talking about here. If we're not the light of grace to others, then whatever grace we think we have can be taken away. It does not matter that you call Jesus your Lord. 
or how much you do for him at church to get the praise of men. That's about selfishness. It doesn't matter how eloquently you speak of him and how much knowledge you have or how many great deeds you do or what titles you have, deacon or pastor or bishop or whatever. Jesus said, not every one of you who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's a scary verse. So what is the Father's will? Well, Jesus spoke of the Father's will in John six thirty nine through 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Friends, it sounds like to me that God's will is to give grace and mercy to all people and not lose a single one of them. He was willing to send his one and only son to live poor and broken and in broken circumstances. So every man and woman who ever lived on this planet could relate to him. So let me ask you, did you take care to hear when you heard that God wanted you to be rich and use the majority of your resources on yourself? Or was that just your selfishness talking? It was God's will that his own son, the person who was wiser and more magnificent that any being who ever lived was despised and rejected by men. People turned their faces away from him. People betrayed him. And that was so that none would be lost. Did you take care when you heard You did not have to be a witness for Christ because you would not want to offend anybody. That was only the pastor's job and those gifted with evangelism. But you could hide safely, fearfully under your bed with your little light. Or was that selfishness talking? Isaiah 53 10 says this, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him and he has put him to grief. That word will in the Hebrew is better translated pleasure. It was the father's pleasure that his son would die a horrible and painful death on a cross so that you would not face any punishment eternally for your sins. Did you take care when you heard that his church was all about enlightening you? It was all about you. Or was that your selfishness talking? Did you miss the part 
where Jesus said, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily and follow me. To be a light will often require us suffering, being inconvenienced, working hard. But his word says, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Beloved, how do we get to the point in God's church where the majority of the church consider their pastors to be cruise directors entertaining them on a cruise? Did they take care when they heard and they expected them to be the only ones burning their light until they burned out? Friends, the church fellowship is to be more like a rescue ship than a cruise ship. Think of a Viking ship. All of us have an oar, me included. And Jesus is counting time And we are rowing, looking for the ones in the darkness to rescue. We're a team. God has infinite love for his son. Did you take care to hear that his word says... For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It was God's will that we would be light and show his love and mercy to the world. Our father paid an extraordinary price. God sent his own son into the darkness of our shame, into our sin, and into death so that we could be forgiven of all of our sin. Did you hear that? And did you take it for granted? And and not stand as a witness of it and be the light? Have you taken care to hear that and obey him? Jesus says, more will be given. More. Did you hear that? More than forgiveness. Eternal life. Adoption into God's very own family. More than we can think and imagine if we will obey him and shine and be his light. To those who have his grace and mercy and shine his light because they have forgiveness and mercy. He he follows through and adopts them as sons and daughters and grace and abounds because love and mercy flow. But if you do not share his love and his grace and mercy, it can be taken away. Did you hear him? If you say to yourself, oh, he just loves me just the way I am. 
And he does not expect anything from me. I don't have to be the light. It makes me uncomfortable. I have other priorities in my life. Really? You know, just as Jesus finished this parable, some guests showed up. Verse 19, he says, his mothers and brothers came to him. And they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mothers and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my brothers and my brothers, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. That, that hear about grace and mercy and do it, share it, our lights. Did you hear that? Was Jesus being selfish and not go to speak to his family? Was he just being selfish, doing what he wants to do? No. If you read God's word and you read Mark's gospel, his mothers and brothers were take, coming to take him home because he thought they thought he was out of his mind because he was ministering to crowds that were too large and he was not taking care of himself and he could not eat because he had so much love and mercy for people. His own family wanted to take him away from being a light and shining his father's love to the world. See, many of us are hiding our light and using our family as an excuse. One of the biggest idols that keeps people from sharing the light of grace with others is their family and family obligations. It's a great excuse. And I believe that that's why Luke shares it right here and why Jesus makes this point to his disciples. It's not to disrespect his mom or his brothers, but to show we tend to be selfish in our priorities. And family can be a huge idol to us all. Many don't serve in God's church because it would take them away from their family time. Many people don't give because it would take money away from their family resources. Not, not, not their needs, their wants. They don't speak out and be the light because they might offend somebody in their family. They don't make disciples because they'd have to give up TV time or recreation time with the family. So they selfishly hide the light that was in is within them and feel completely justified in doing it because it's about the family. Yet, did you hear Jesus said, say, his real family are those who hear God's word and put it into practice? That that's where our real loyalty should be to our Father God? First, that it's not an excuse to hide your light. We can be gracious to our families and shine our light. But we can't just be gracious to our families and not shine our light. That's selfishness. 
if we just give grace to our families. Jesus says this, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, Luke 6.32. That is not what shows the light of God's grace to the world. That's what everybody does. If you're counting on that to get you into heaven, you're mistaken. Do you think you can put the light on just in your own house? It's not the family's not important. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. Your family can't be an excuse for you not being the light. Yet often it is. And many of you are thinking, Ken, you are out of your mind. Jesus wouldn't expect that kind of commitment to me. You have to have a balanced life. Church is just one of those activities I need to balance in my life. Take care how you hear. Because there was this rich young man. And he thought he was doing good, taking care of his family, going to church, being a moral young guy. And Jesus said, sell all you have and come follow me. And the man went away sad and hid in his wealth and his family reputation. And Peter started to get insecure and said, Oh Lord, we left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me And the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age as homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and last first. We're to follow Jesus. To be the light, Jesus left his father for us. Jesus left his own mother for the cross to be the light hanging, dying on a cross. He temporarily gave her up to a friend to care for her. But he did that to show love and mercy to the world so that she might be saved. See, I didn't stop when my father and mother and others didn't were offended by the gospel that I had. I kept going. And now they know the Lord. But how many people stop? Jesus didn't stop. He went forward and he was a light. He did the will of his father and you all need to do the same. Whatever it takes. He did 
what he did to save his mother, to show her the right example. On the cross, he showed her the right priority to hear the word of God and do it. He did it for us because we don't always do it ourselves because we're all selfish. He did not have to. He was the very nature of God. But he did not use that to his own advantage. Instead, unselfishly, he made himself a servant so that we could see what the light of grace and mercy truly was. Brighter than anything else that's ever been. He showed light in the darkness of this world through his suffering and through his death. He did that by becoming obedient to death in the most shameful way possible right there in front of his mother, naked on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. So today, Have you heard him? Is it time to turn to the light, to repent and turn to the light and find mercy and grace and let that flow through you to a world covered in darkness? To hear and obey Jesus and make him Lord. Or are you going to keep comparing yourself to the darkness thinking you're in the light? It's your choice. But Jesus tells us to be the light. The light of the world shining in the darkness. And the only way to be light is to be lit by Him. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your love. Lord, the world needs your church right now more than ever. Lord, we need you. Lord, help us to turn from the darkness of our sin and our selfishness and turn to you and find mercy, forgiveness, and grace. And Father, let that flow through us to a dark world. Lord, if there's anybody here that has never received that before, Lord, let them turn right now and see you. Let them see your unselfishness. Let them see your mercy. 
Let them believe in what you have done for them. Let them not take it for granted. Lord, let them follow you and be motivated to share that love with others. Lord, if there's anybody here renewing their commitment that maybe over this last year has just found themselves clinging to themselves, hiding in the darkness, the darkness of Netflix, the darkness of drinking, the darkness of social media, the just hiding from others, hiding their light under their bed. Father, let them turn to you, walk back into the light today, the light of your love. Lord, be filled again with your mercy and your grace. Commit again to following you. Lord, may you do wonderful things through us in this church. As Jeremy sang earlier, you can turn graves into gardens. Lord, turn our hearts, if they become graves, into beautiful gardens that show your love and mercy to this world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Friends, our Father is good. If you need to make a commitment to our good Father today, I am here and I would be happy to pray with you.